Hello, and welcome to the Community IT Innovators Technology Topics Podcast, where we discuss nonprofit technology, cybersecurity, tech project implementation, strategic planning, and nonprofit IT careers. Find us at communityit.com. Thank you for joining this Community IT Podcast Part 2. You can find Part 1 in your podcast feed if you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome, everyone, to the Community IT Innovators webinar on startup and spinoff nonprofit IT. I'm Carolyn Woodard. I'm the Outreach Director for Community IT, and I'm the moderator today. Uh, my name is Johan Hammerstrom. I'm the CEO of Community IT. Uh, we're going to go on to the second part of our presentation, which is um, probably what you all came for, best practices and how to avoid pitfalls. Um, so, Johan, you want to start us off with best practices for startup ITs? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So three things we would encourage you to, to focus on are, number one, um, start managing your IT early on. And I think one way to do that, probably the best way to do that as a startup is to think about the management of the IT as you roll it out. So you need to spin up a website, that's great. That isn't hard to do these days, depending on what you need from the website. You know, Maybe you just get a Squarespace uh, website right off the bat, but who's gonna manage that over time? Who's gonna keep it up to date? Who's gonna manage the renewal? Um, are there future integrations that might be needed? How do those get managed? So keep as you secure. say that again, it's secure. Like who's going to, how do you keep it secure? People who have admin access to your website. Exactly. Exactly. So um, think about the management of the system. Same with uh, equipment. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to ask staff to use their own personal computers at this stage um, to do their work, uh, how is that going to get managed? You know, how are you, how do you make sure that their machines are secure um, that your information is, that the organization's information is safe on their machines. And if you're going to purchase machines for staff, how do those machines get managed? So, um, you know, going, going, thinking back to the earlier slide, uh, the management requirements at, at the startup phase, especially for small organizations with, you know, five people or less, aren't significant. So you may not run into these management challenges right away. But you will run into them eventually. And so it's really important to start thinking about that now. How is IT going to get managed? Who's going to own it? So it's really kind of the ownership and governance of IT um, that needs that it's important to keep in mind in this in this startup phase. Secondly, plan the IT you will need as you grow. So think about not just what you need today, but your timeline for growth. What do you need? Uh, when you become 10 people a year from now? What if you're going to grow to 20 people two years from now? Um, are the IT decisions that you're making now uh, going to work for, an for the organization as it grows? And I think one of the biggest decisions that organizations have to make is whether or not to go with Google Workspace as their primary productivity solution or to go with Microsoft 365 as their primary productivity solution. And we have a lot of great resources on our website, sort of comparing the two. Uh, there are other, there's plenty of resources out there that kind of um, will, will walk you through the implications of making that decision. Um, but we have worked with organizations that 
you know, just kind of picked on a whim and then found themselves in, in both directions. There's no right answer here. It's really about fit for the organization. Um, and so we've worked with organizations that, you know, maybe weren't as intentional about that decision and then ended up having to switch and created a lot more work for themselves down the road. So that's just one example. Um, there are others, but that's, you know, kind of one of the primary ones that new organizations need to need to think about. And then finally, own your own IT as much as possible. So a couple, there's two examples that come to mind here. Um, one is if you're, um, you know, spinning off, if you're working, if you're part of another organization and they're giving you access to their information systems, at some point when you become your own organization, uh, you are going to, you know, need to spin off and become your own organization. And the more independence you have earlier on, um, the more you own things like your domain name uh, and your website earlier on, the less difficult it becomes down the road um, to go through that process. Uh, the other thing that we've seen um, is organizations that work with an IT support provider that um, will resell information storage systems. So there's when you're working with an MSP, they will provide you with the management tools. So they'll provide the systems that keep your machines secure. They might provide you with the antivirus. Um, they might provide you with the automated patching solution. Those are all completely portable. And, and you know, if you're working with us and switch to another MSP, all of our systems come off very easily. And the new MSP systems come on very easily. Those are easily moved around. Your files can be very difficult to move around. So if you end up getting your file storage solution from a managed services provider, and then you outgrow them and want to switch to somebody else, your files are on their system. How um, helpful, how accommodating are they going to be in you moving your files off of their system to another system. And if it's a strange system, if it's not a standard file management system, how is it even going to be possible? So I really caution organizations when you're when you're working with an IT support provider, um, by all means, use their utilities. Uh, and those tend to be very delivered more efficiently through an outsourced provider. But be very careful about having them host your email your files, any information that you want to take with you should be on systems that you own from the outset. Very closely related to that, and there's some, there's some um, you know, similarities here between the last uh, topic and this one on spinoff IT. Um, there will be some detangling. Um, it's not always possible to, for, an, for an organization while it's being incubated, uh, or, you know, maybe it started as a program. You know, it's just a program in a larger nonprofit organization, um, that program gets its own domain name, but the domain name's owned by the parent nonprofit. The email, the files, everything's part of the parent nonprofit. That happens and that's fine. And at some point the program, you know, the organization decides for strategic reasons that it would be better if this program, this initiative were its own nonprofit organization and it's time to spin off. So that happens. It's not always possible to avoid that. Um, but there is a detangling process that, that needs to take place and that can be difficult and it, it can be challenging depending on, um, how accommodating 
the parent nonprofit is. If you're working, you know, if you're spinning out of a very large nonprofit that has very formal, um, you know, IT policies and procedures, uh, it it could you might not be able to do everything that you want to do. Like there may be added steps that you need to take uh, to move your data to a system that you own. So um, get that process started early. Uh, have a, an ally in the management of the organization you're spinning out of who can advocate for you um, and help, you know, move certain decisions through. Uh, but get, get, start thinking about that process now if you're, if you're thinking about spinning out. Um, make sure you identify someone in your organization who's taking on the leadership role for the transition. Don't assume that your new IT support provider can own every aspect of that because there's a lot of, um, you know, interfacing that needs to happen with the parent organization. And oftentimes uh, they don't want to talk to the new provider. They're only, you know, willing to talk to the um, the organization that's spinning out. Um, and there's also change management that needs to happen within the, the spin out organization. And um, it's important to have somebody, you know, on, in the organization kind of taking the lead on that. So, uh, and then finally, cloud is your friend. I mean, this is true almost universally these days, um, but it's so much easier to uh, migrate systems that are hosted in the cloud rather than systems that are hosted on someone's server. And we're seeing a lot less of this uh, these days, but um, it's important to, uh, to keep that in mind as well. But with the caveat, I think we've had a couple of organizations come to us and I wouldn't try to um, do like a migration to a cloud provider and spin off and implement a new other new systems all at the same time. Like this is great where uh, earlier you said start as early as possible. So if you know that you're going to be spinning off, you might want to, you know, in a year or two, you might want to do a cloud, cloud migration to the, the cloud platform that you expect to want to have as a spinoff. And then it'll make it easier for you to spin off later. So trying to do that um, organization of the timeline, I think uh, is is always smart um, it, when you can. <laughs> um, we also had you know, some questions about understanding your security needs um, as you change providers, uh, as you spin off or are starting up. So um, I wanted to uh, let you See, this is a framework that we use. Uh, oh, it's it's looking a little bit odd on the Google slides. Sorry about that. Um, so the the framework that we have, I'll put it in the uh, chat. We have a download, a uh, playbook that we have on our site. That's a free um, download that goes into a lot of depth on how to um, handle cybersecurity as a nonprofit of any size. Um, as Matt Eshelman, our cybersecurity um, uh, expert says wire fraud is a crime that doesn't care how big or small you are. Everyone is a target. And so thinking early about cybersecurity basics is good is a good habit to get into just as you're talking about managing all of your IT early. Um, you know, thinking of it as a strategic investment and being able to manage it, you also want to keep cybersecurity in mind. Um, even small organizations can fall victim to ransomware or wire fraud scams. There's a lot of basic tools like using multi-factor authentication um, and basic training for staff that you can do to help keep your organization protected. 
but cybersecurity can't protect you if you aren't doing it um, or if you're saving it for later because it kind of stresses you out and you're like hoping that you're going to be under the radar. Um, definitely take it seriously to begin with. There's lots of resources out there on being able to protect yourself, including our playbook, what I which I put in the um, chat. But um, Johan, is there anything specific for starting up or spinning off around cybersecurity, you would say, and just making sure that we save a little time for questions at the end? So. Yeah, I think um, cybersecurity can be big, scary, like ah, I've got so many other things I'm dealing with getting this new organization off the ground. Now I have to become an expert in cybersecurity and I've got to go and read all these resources and stuff. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed by it, I think the, the most practical way to get started is to let your um, cyber liability insurance application be your guide. So if you're starting a new organization, you've got a lot of insurance policies that you have to set up, you know, workers' compensation, general liability. Nowadays, um, cyber liability is going to be its own policy. Uh, the days of it being just baked into general liability, the days of it being just an easy one-page rider on general liability, those days are over. You're going to have to get I'm almost certain everyone we've talked to has had to get a separate specific cyber liability insurance policy. And in order to um, qualify for cyber liability insurance, you now have to complete uh, an application. And this is something that it's new. This has only been in the last few years. Um, so that's a good starting point. That application is going to basically be an audit document, and it's going to tell you all the things that you need to do. Um, to qualify for cyber liability insurance. And I think if you if you do those things, uh, you'll be in a good starting position as a new organization when it comes to your cybersecurity. So we, we want to make sure that we hit on a couple of IT leadership uh, tips. I think, Johan, you've kind of sprinkled several of them throughout um, our talk today and just really focusing on um, even as a small organization, or maybe even especially as a small organization, like taking ownership of your IT management and making sure that that's a leadership uh, position is important. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about um, an IT roadmap, which I just want to point out that we we did an IT roadmap webinar recently that's on our um, site. So you can look at that in more depth. Um, but we'll just add a few more tips um, for someone who's spinning off or um, starting to grow. So um, these are not trick questions either, Johan. So um, what is an IT roadmap? Um, it sounds, another thing that sounds complicated, very simply, it's a list of initiatives, um, a list of things related to IT that the organization needs to do, organized based on priority, you know, the urgency and the importance, as well as the impact that it's going to have on the organization. And how can an IT roadmap help you in transitions? It's very helpful because it ensures that the IT that you need is in place when you need it. So the IT roadmap can be aligned to the, your overall, the organization should have a, a spin out plan. So, you know, we're doing this by this date, we're the formal separations on this date, we're signing the chartering documents on this date, we're opening a new office, et cetera. And you just wanna have IT kind of baked into that. So if you have a larger organizational plan, um, then you can make sure that the roadmap is kind of aligned with that larger plan so that all of the IT systems are in place uh, when you need them. 
Can you make one yourself or do you need IT consultants to make an IT roadmap? You can probably make one yourself. And I would encourage, especially if you're a smaller organization, um, I would encourage you to at least get started trying to make one. And we have a sample on the next slide that we'll share with you. And then if you, if you do run into problems, um, we typically recommend just, you know, kind of thinking back to that early slide about the different types of support you can get, a power user in-house, um, an independent consultant, a small IT support shop, a full service managed services firm, whoever you're working with to help you with your IT, they should be able to put the roadmap together for you, or at the very least, give you the information that you need to put your roadmap together. So you don't need to go out and find a special roadmap consultant um, to put the roadmap together. That makes sense. And the next question, what do startups and spinoffs need from their IT roadmap? I think let's go ahead and show our example. So it can be something as simple as a spreadsheet, or even you could start with a Word document and then put it in a spreadsheet or some, or a lucid chart, um, you know, some way that you can indicate like when things are going to happen, who's responsible for them and what the priorities are, what the urgency is. So did you want to talk a little bit about this example and how, you know, for a spinoff, you know, particularly this might be really useful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, you know, again, like you just kind of brainstorm and think through like, well, our staff are going to need laptops to do their work. We're going to open an office and we need a wireless network for them to connect to, you know, based on our cybersecurity application, we're going to need to provide multi-factor authentication and set up single sign-on. Um, these are best practice policies for organizations to have. And especially for smaller, newer organizations, they can just be developed as part of the overall, you know, employee handbook, HR policies, organizational policies that are being put together. Um, you may know that you need to migrate files from the parent organization. Um, so basically you're collecting like all of the different, from these various sources, the things that you're gonna need to do as far as IT goes and then just sort of ranking them. And I think um, the other thing you can do, which we didn't do here is, is also kind of put them on a timeline, like almost have like a Gantt, a light Gantt chart, kind of listing when these things are gonna happen and establishing any dependencies between them. It can really fit into a project management framework. So hopefully like you have, whoever's responsible for this whole transition that you're going through, um, you've got someone good doing the project management and, and they can really just kind of like slot in the, um, the IT component here. Exactly. Yeah. I was just going to add like putting on it, who's responsible, like who, who is the person that like, not only when it has to happen in order for your transition to happen, but who is the responsible person and then making sure that they have all of the resources that they need time and staff and support, leadership support to, um, you know, like kind of tell people what needs to happen and why you're doing it and how it's going to help the IT work after the spinoff um, is important. So we have a little bit of time for some uh, q and um, If you are, uh, if you want to put in a question for Johan, you know, he's going to have some time to answer. We do have a couple from our um, registration. So I'm just going to turn to one of those. Uh, one was, um, do you have recommendations for laptop inventory? So as part of this process. I wish I did. Uh, that is something that we're still trying to figure out. Um, I do think for smaller organizations, just a simple spreadsheet um, works just fine. You know, the name of the computer, the serial number, and the person that's that it's assigned to. 
Um, for larger organizations, if you have an asset management system, you know, if the finance team is going to use like a formal asset management system, um, we recommend, you know, including the IT equipment on that. Uh, there's a number of different solutions that we've been testing, um, web-based solutions for managing inventory that um, we're not ready to make a recommendation yet. So it's kind of an open, unfortunately, it's an open issue just kind of in the, in this, in the sector. But um, for smaller organizations, you know, spreadsheets can be very effective. And you do need to manage your inventory. <laughs> you do need to manage your inventory. That question. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, that's a, I'll just uh, quickly mention that. Um, there's, so there's two different aspects to inventory management. There's the um, who's logged into the computer and who physically has the computer. And sometimes those are the same people, but those are two different like questions that you're answering. So a good management device management solution, which your IT provider should be providing for you. Um, and, uh, you know, you can get, you don't need that right away, but, you know, when you get to the 15 to 20 person size range, you need a good device management platform. That system can tell you, uh, this is a computer that we own and here's the last person who logged into it. What that system can't tell you is, here's who our facilities manager gave that laptop to, and here's where they live and where they took the laptop to. And this has become a real challenge in the modern world, in the contemporary world, because of work from home. So the best thing to do is have two systems, one that's a facilities-based system where you have inventory control and you record like this um, device was given to this person and they're at this location. And then you can always like match that up with your device management system that tells you, yeah, that, that aligns with this user logged into this device. And that is consistent with what the inventory management system is telling us. So it's really like, it's important to have sort of a double ledger, if you will, of, uh, of equipment for, for inventory management purposes. And I feel like that's another piece that like, as you grow becomes more important and also, you know, budgeting and planning for replacing that inventory. And, um, you know, like when you're a small startup and you only have, you know, three or four um, staff members and you all have your own laptop and you just bring it and work on it. But as you grow, you're going to want to be replacing those at a regular interval so that you have them up to date and they can receive all the security updates and all of that. So starting early with an inventory, I feel like we do have some clients who come to us who are like, we don't even know <laughs> all of the devices um, that are out there or who's on them. So it's a good habit to get into. Um, my next question is, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit, and I know that there's no answer to this, but someone in, in the uh, registration did ask about costs. So when you are looking at managed service provider or other, you know, IT support, how does that, how do costs usually work? Is it like per staff person? Is it per device? Like, are there other costs that go into it? How How can people kind of get an idea of what that's going to be like? Yeah, I mean the it, the the two um, most common sort of ways of of costing out pricing out um, IT support services are are per hour or um, per device or per person. So um, independent consultants and smaller break fix shops will typically 
bill you on a per hour basis and the, their staff just have an hourly rate associated with their work. Um, managed services providers will usually combine um, hourly rate work with a per device um, fixed price. So a fixed price for you know managing the devices, potentially supporting the staff that use those devices. And that'll either be per device or sometimes they'll do it on a per person basis as well. All right. So that's good to know. Um, I want to be mindful of time. Um, so we had some learning objectives today and I think we've gone um, over them. I think we've hit all of them. So we wanted to learn typical IT concerns for startups and spinoff nonprofits. Uh, we wanted to learn best practices as you go off on your own or as you grow just in general. Uh, we wanted to understand evolving security needs um, and you know, give you some resources to go to for security and then learn a few IT leadership tips um, for kind of guiding your organization through these types of transitions. So, Johan, I just want to thank you so uh, much for sharing your time and expertise with us today. Um, I feel like this was really uh, very useful. I hope it was useful to people who are spinning off or are managing their startup uh, nonprofits. And thank you all so much for joining us. Um, really appreciate it. And, Johan, thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Carolyn. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for joining this Community IT Podcast Part 2. You can find Part 1 in your podcast feed if you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Community IT does these free webinars and podcasts for our community, and we love sharing our knowledge and experience. If you have more questions or are having trouble with your IT at your nonprofit, please get in touch with us on our website, www.communityit.com, so we can start a conversation or schedule an assessment. Downloading any of our free resources there will get you signed up for our webinar reminders, and you can attend our next webinar in real time and ask our experts your own questions. If you love podcasts, please subscribe and leave us a rating to help others find this leadership resource for nonprofits.